Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio, Hour 2. By the way, in this hour, it's funny, you know, Chris Sims in Pro Football Focus, they ended up putting a list together of the top 25 quarterbacks in the NFL. And the list, we keep going around and around. You know, you talk about a guy who they're projecting is going to have like a really great year this year. And the one metric that everyone refuses to use is what I'm going to use when I'm talking about the top five guys that I would want when it comes to winning a ball game. Who's the one guy you would want if you had to win a 60-minute ball game? Isn't that the most important metric you can have? Because every game is one-sixteenth of your season. We always dismiss that. Okay, if you had to win a ball game, who would you pick? It's funny, when you look at the top 25 guys that Chris Sims even picked or pro football focus, you're like, if you, you, you look at Brady and where he's ranked or you look at some of these other guys on where they're ranked and you're like, wait a minute, isn't that metric the most important metric you can use? So we'll do that a little bit down the line and we'll, we'll do that a little bit later on in the program here. I'll tell you one thing that I am enjoying. As I said in the first hour, I'm enjoying this new Tom Brady. We never saw this in New England. We we have not seen this guy, this, this social media maverick. We have not seen this personality and how open. Now, you know what? I think also that comes with being comfortable who you are is success. And Brady's in a position right now where, get this, there's nothing he really can do outside of doing anything that would hurt his reputation or his image, and I'm talking criminally here, that would really have anybody else go like this. This guy here is without a doubt one of the absolute greatest people you can ever have inside your locker room. Make no mistake about it. Tom Brady has opened up, and we're now getting a chance to really see this new Tom Brady that we didn't see in New England. Now, Maybe some of the media people knew that that was really Brady, but the organization really didn't allow that kind of communicating. I mean, really, the only person that you've ever seen having conversations before um, about that organization has been Bill Belichick. Nobody really speaks. Maybe Josh McDaniel a couple times, or you'll see Bob Kraft jump in front of a microphone every now and then when he's asked a question about the direction of the team or if there's a controversy, you'll see Bob step in. But we really don't really ever see anybody that's any of those assistant coaches unless they're on the sidelines during a game. You know, when you're talking about Matt Patricia back in the day or you're talking about a guy like Brian Flores, did you even know that Brian Flores was in New England for 15 years? I mean, 
most of those assistant coaches that were under Belichick, Bill kind of like keeps them like, you know, hidden so that nobody comes in and poaches his coaching staff when the upcoming season comes. And that's why he kind of keeps everything, you know, in-house. And when you're watching Tom Brady now, I mean, you know, LeBron James was asked the question, you know, about Tom Brady being the GOAT. And he said, you can't really be the GOAT because you can't play defense on the other side of the ball. Now, obviously, you can't compare sports, but I would make this point to you. There's two quarterbacks that in my lifetime that I think are as comparable to one another. I think Montana, without a doubt, remember something, Montana has the Jordan factor. Montana's 4-0 and in Super Bowls, 135 quarterback rating, never threw an interception in his entire time, and he beat Hall of Fame quarterbacks on his way, quarter, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and he beat MVP quarterbacks that were in those Super Bowls. I mean, Ken Anderson, the first one, was an MVP with the Bengals, and Boomer Esiason was also an MVP. And the other guys that he ended up beating were Marino and Elway. I mean, Montana was without a doubt. And having played against Joe, I may be a little bit, I may be a little bit more jaded because I did play against Joe in those great 49er teams. You know, we had conversations a couple weeks ago with Jason Cole about this. Can you imagine Joe playing in today's game where you can't mug the quarterback or you can't mug a guy like Jerry Rice running down the field? I don't know how you would defend that. Those guys were just brilliant. And then you had the great play caller and Bill Walsh. And Walsh was so far ahead of his time when it was with the West Coast offense. I mean, there's only one other guy that's in Brady's conversation. And Brady even really brings that up, and that is the legendary Joe Montana. But I'm really loving this new... Tom Brady, I'm wondering if Dan Shaughnessy for the Boston Globe has always seen this Tom Brady here. Dan, thanks for coming aboard. Have you, Dan, Dan, have you always seen this guy, or is this like a new dude? Well, no, he and you know when he talked about that in in the big effort he did over the weekend, but we have never seen this guy, and he says that he says ninety percent of what I've said is just me filling space, and it's not sincere. It's not how he really feels. So now he's telling you how he really feels. He's somewhat liberated. The shackles are off, and, and he's out there telling you how he feels. But we never – he was not allowed to do this here. We did not know what was, what was under the surface the whole time he was here. Dan, did, does that lead us to believe then that that relationship was just strictly business and it was never personal between these two guys? And maybe that's what made it go as long as it did was that they, they never got in each other's way except for on game day. Well, I think that's the best way to look at it. It's not a bad thing, but I do, I do think it was professional and not personal. And it worked uh, magically for the two of them, you know, coach, quarterback, uh, mentor, prodigy, whatever you want to call it. They One helped the other, and uh, they beat everybody's butts for, for most of 20 years here. So uh, no harm in that. But while you're here, you're not really allowed to express yourself in this fashion. And uh, Tom played along at that time. You know, I would throw this at you, too. The, you know, the last year I'm watching Belichick do this. Oh, my God, one of the best leaders I've ever seen, Cam Newton. Holy cow, this guy's just fun to be around. Holy, And I'm going like this. Okay, okay. I'm not sure I'm really buying this here. But, Dan, you know, maybe because Brady's there, uh, not there and there was always a certainty with the team going into a respected year that you were confident you were going to win the East and win 12 ball games. Is Bill doing a little motivating with the roster and that's where he's back to being at square one again? Well, I think he's motivated to do better this year. I mean – 
you know, you let Tom go, maybe push him out the door a little bit, and then you go seven and nine without a succession plan, and he wins the Super Bowl. So that's that's not great for Bill's legacy. And I think you want to get out from under the notion that you can't win without Brady, or you only won with Brady. So I think that that's part of what you see in the offseason where he goes out and you know commits 175 million, whatever the, the free agent spending. The opt-outs are back. The draft was, I think, a little bit better. They were in a better position to draft. So you have those things kind of all in play as they move ahead here. But you know, and the schedule's pretty favorable to them. They have a chance to get out pretty fast. I mean, I, I could see them being six and three, seven and two out of the gate before it gets really hard for them. So I think that uh, there'll be a little bit of evening out of this. Um, but yeah, he's got some some work to do in terms of the legacy and establishing if he cares about it. And I think he does that, that he can win without Tom Brady. You know, there's one thing that he can do right now that doesn't really incline him to go out and win a Super Bowl. And that's run down Don Shula's all time single season mm-hmm. yeah. uh, number for wins. I'm wondering you put that on top of the all-time wins in postseason play, regular season, plus the most wins in Super Bowl. Um, do you think that's something important to Bill, running down Don Shula's record? I do. I mean, Bill's all about football history. He had the famous library of football books. You know, his dad was a member of the Lions and was a career coach, and Bill's a son of a coach. And this stuff, he's a historian. He really cares about this stuff. The only time Bill ever talked to a writer at any length was David Halberstam, who's a great American historian, and that, that book uh, was a product of that. So, uh, yeah, it, I do think it matters to him, and I do think the Shula thing is a goal for him, and I think it, it, it keeps him motivated. You know, for the most part, his life's pretty good. You know, he's around here. He's got the place in Nantucket. Uh, up until the last year or so, he never gets challenged on anything by the fans. They love everything he does. Got a good support system, a good owner. And he always had a great quarterback. So now that's being tested a little bit. But uh, I don't think he wants to, like, you know, he used to talk about don't want to be Marv Levy coaching in my 70s, and he's getting there. It's just a year or two away, and I think he will be that guy. How about this, Dan? I said this about a guy like George C. for years ago when George was in San Francisco and he had all that fabulous talent around him. He won the Super Bowl. I believe it was against the Chargers. And everybody was like, this guy's on his way to Canton, Ohio with the win percentage. All of a sudden, he goes to Carolina. You're like, uh-oh, maybe that's the guy that everyone saw. I'm not saying Bill's in that conversation, but there's got to be a dimension there where people do this. He didn't win at Cleveland because that quarterback fiasco between Testaverde and Bernie, right. you know, he kind of didn't win his first year. In New- I mean, do, do you guys look at that a little bit and put that part of the equation now? Let's see what he can do without Brady. Not too much. I mean, the year that Brady got hurt in 08, uh, they, they won 11 games. And the Matt Castle year kind of helped him in a, a little bit in his favor on that. Um, but everything else everything else you said is true. I did not win in Cleveland. In the first year here when, when Bledsoe was a starter, they were 5-11. and 11. Things were coming back a little bit. And then it, it flipped as soon as Brady became the starter. And we don't have any other sample until last year of what Bill is without Brady. So, so that's what you're looking at now. And uh, – I think he's got kind of a three-year plan going, which is unusual for a guy his age. And this this year, they, they expect to be better. And I think next year, they expect to be real good. So we'll see if he can uh, hold to that or what the patience level is here. Because I, I think if he stays with Cam Newton, um, they better hope the schedule holds him up a little bit in the first half because I don't think that's the long-term solution at all. So you're, you're a suspect on Cam going into yes. the 2021 season? Very much so. He can't throw. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback anymore. And if you can, you know, protect that and, you know, with what's around him and, and take advantage of the soft schedule, 
and groom the next guy, maybe maybe you could get away with that. But I I think he's a safe pick for Bill and less chance of calamity, and you won't have a rookie going up against Brady in game four, all that sort of thing. But I can't see him as any kind of a, of a long-term solution. So you think maybe after the first quarter poll, the first four games of the year, <laughs> we could start seeing maybe them starting to get some uh, playing time for Mac Jones? It's a big topic here, and, you know, Bill doesn't like rookie quarterbacks. He's made a living just beating their butts over the years, so – He's reluctant to go there. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating topic for all of the NFL to watch as the season unfolds here. How about the roster itself? Um, as you know, Dan, you, ha- you have to win the war of attrition. Um, and in a division like that where Buffalo looks like they're the lead dog in this division now, um, the roster itself that's been constructed, you know, people always ask me, does this team look like a playoff team? I'm like, well, do they have depth to be able to go in and win? They had a lot of opt-outs last year. They're all coming right. back this year. Uh, like you said, and I agree with you. I think they could, you know, get out to a nice start and maybe survive being like an um because there's 17 games this year, maybe yep. a 10 and 17 this year. Do you think do you think they have a playoff roster? I think they win 10, 11 games. I do. And again, part of that being the schedule that they're playing, which is not that tough. Uh and I just think that with Bill's the coaching that they have here, the system that they have here, as you say, the getting high tower back and those guys. Offensively, they're a little bit of a of a challenge. I mean, not a lot of you know proven guys at the skill positions. They they augmented that in the offseason with the free agent signings, but that that's yet to be. You know, we don't know what that's going to look like. And I think that uh, they're relying on the defense to be bolstered and, and to keep the games low scoring and and play safe, conservative football. They don't turn the ball over. That kind of thing. Finally, here um, Gary Myers was on with me the other day, and I talked to Gary and. You know, during that Garoppolo time, I asked him and I told him, I said, because of my relationship with the Giants, my uncle Andy Robustelli and all that, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of knew the Myers, the Myers really well. And there was a conversation in the building. I don't know if you knew before Pat Shermer that maybe Bill was kicking the can on potentially going and being the head football coach of the New York Giants when that whole Garoppolo thing was being bannered back and forth that there was a power struggle inside the New England Patriots. Are you buying that fishtail, or do you think it? Do you think there was actually something to it? I want it to be true. It's a little bit too good to be true, so I think I'll stay with too good to be true. I, I love that narrative. It would be so much fun. I don't think it, it got that close, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about this guy and this organization, and despite our proximity and, and how much we've all been around it for 20-plus years. We just don't know that much about what's going on down there. I want that to be true, but I don't think it is. <laughs> hey, Dan, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Dan. Good luck on the program. You got it, man. Dan Shaughnessy from the Boston Globe. We really appreciate him doing that. All right. We'll take a brief time out and keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest... Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, 
Tropical Heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. So John Facenda... Is it already in the Hall of Fame? The autumn wind is a raider. Sorry, I, I'm not much on impressions, man, especially that dude. This guy was an old school Philadelphia broadcaster, and I think he was like a sports anchor. And my friends at NFL Films, the Sables, found this guy, and he helped image on how people saw the National Football League. Go back and listen to John Facenda and how he... Man, when I was a kid, this week in the National Football... Man, I'm destroying... (laughs) I'm destroying John Facenda here, so I'm going to stop. and I'll kind of just give you the narrative around it. He was so electric, man, with the way he presented the league. NFL Films is the greatest entity the league has when it comes to promoting it all the films they had the football follies it was really the forerunner for the nfl network i mean it was its own network the greatest camera people in sports are at nfl films and they would chronicle every team's journey on every year all the videos that used to get sold the nfl's hardest hits or greatest catches 
top 10 greatest running backs. John used to voice these. It was nothing like it. Harry Callis ended up taking over for a while, voice of the Phillies. And I knew his, uh, his son who works now down in Tampa and his son down there, he's, I had his dad on a few times before he passed. I think John Facenda passed away in 1984, but prior to that, again, from the 60s all the way until his death, John Facenda was the voice of the NFL. And you can go back and listen to any of those great tapes and understand why his importance was so put out front because he just promoted the league and gave you a great story. He was a great storyteller. And so he wins the Pete Rosell Award or – He's given that honor now in death that he's going to have his name as they induct all these players and coaches into the Hall of Fame this coming summer. John Facenda's name will also be part of that group. So that'll be really cool to see, you know, and being, you know, part of the league and watching those films. John Facenda was a major, major part. You should go back and watch some YouTube stuff because it's pretty cool and it's great that the league is not forgotten a guy who really was one of the people that really branded the league back in the day. So awesome. You know, I, I, I was asked a comment and to comment on a story about coaches and how some coaches are perceived when it comes to being considered for head coaches. You know, they just came out of a coaching summit. And one of the big storylines that all of the organizations were talking about was being able to promote minorities and helping minorities get more front and center when it comes to potential openings for head coaching jobs in the NFL. Does the league need to do a better job? Here, I, I, I've said this before, and you can dissect this any way you want. And I know when I say this, people – automatically go, well, we need the rule though, Dan. Watch this. And I'll say it again. I don't want a black guy as my head coach. I want the right guy as my head coach. Whatever color that means. Man, give me the right coach. Mike Tomlin is the right coach. Give me the right coach. Why does it have to have a color to it, a religion to it? a pol political affiliation to it. Coaching has nothing to do with those. So when I say that, maybe it's a perspective because it's coming from a white guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do we need that rule? I'm guessing maybe. But wouldn't you hate to be even a minority coach? You got a job because you were black. I mean, players won't respect it, especially in that league. Well, Dan, you sound like you don't want to give it. Over. That's not what I said. You see what people like to do. They take 5% of what you say. And what they'll do is they'll slice it up and they'll form their own narrative on what you say. Never said that. I want the right person for the job. I could care less what your background is. You think anybody, do, do you actually believe that players in this league look at Mike Tomlin as a black coach? Do you really? Or do you look at Mike Tomlin as one of the greatest coaches to ever coach in the NFL?
did you really look at Dennis Green and go, man, that's really a great black coach? Who does that? Or how about Tony Dungy? Nobody does that that has any brain cells to them. Color has no bearing on anything when it comes to people that are decision makers. Man, and nor should it. Now, do black coaches feel more obligated to help more assistant coaches be Come assistance on their coaching staffs. Yeah, because you know why? A lot of people hire with familiarity. I'm going to tell you where I'm going with this. It was just a summit last week, and they were going over this, and somebody was telling me about it. And I was doing this. I'm like, man, I would hate to get a job. I really would. I would hate to get a job because I had to hire a guy. Nobody respects that hire, man. Even a white guy. White guy got the job because he's boys with the owner. Well, I'm not respecting that. How'd you get the job? Well, he's friends with my uh, son's father. What? Is he qualified? Has he put the time in? Do the players like him? I hate how we have to, you know, I guess it's because we're in this pressure cooker now because race is always being brought up. It really is. It's sad. You know, so I was asked a question about Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, and why he hasn't got a head coaching job yet. You know, Andy Reid has come to his defense, as Patrick Mahomes has, as numerous people have come to his defense and has said great things about him. I don't know Eric very well. I've had him on a show a couple times, and I had him on a show when he was a player still, I think, when he was in Colorado. Does that sound right? When he was a Buffalo? Um, so I've had him on, and I really don't know a lot about the guy until I started doing some research on the guy. And I was asked, why, Dan, do you think he's struggling at getting a head coaching job? So I started doing some research on him, and I did it over the weekend. Have you seen this guy's behavioral issues that he's had in his past? I mean, not to bring them up here and put them in chronological order here, but if you were a person that was hiring a salesperson who had this background, even though you're getting all these fabulous recommendations, I would still go like this. Wow, look at all these issues here. Now, could you, could you push it off to him being a young man? I guess, but a lot of these also were after college. Just Google it. Eric B. Enemy, police record. And it gives you a litany of around 15 things. And so because we're in a charged era now where everyone wants to give everybody an opportunity, okay, to get a head coaching job and you're going to give certain people passes, I don't think when you're given the keys to a franchise that you could just omit that. Now, am I going to take Andy Reid's word that Eric Bieniemy has just been nothing but a pleasure to be around? Absolutely. Absolutely. Am I going to take that into consideration? But didn't you think that there was some issue where he's just being passed over and passed over and passed? He's eventually going to get a gig. Okay. 
because the mounting pressure to get him a gig. And this is kind of what I'm talking about here. Eric Bieniemy shouldn't get a gig because people should just omit his background. I don't think you should do that. You wouldn't omit anybody else's background if he had a an extensive record like Bieniemy has. There's things on there where you could question. There's something about um, him attacking a fireman or something on there, and you're reading it, and you're like, Jesus, criminy. No wonder an owner paused. Does this guy have anger issues? Anger issues? What have you here? Because I, I was like everyone else. Why is this guy getting passed over? It must be racial. Then you start doing a deep dive into it. And, you know, I've had, I've had other people come comment to me. Yeah, well, you know, he was a young. Hey, Hoss, you hold Josh Allen to some of those tweets that he had back in the day. You made him apologize and such. Okay. You see cancel culture today, man. If any other guy had that kind of background and that police record, he'd be canceled. But because Eric Bieniemy is a minority, you give him the benefit of the doubt. This is what I'm talking. And by the way, I'm just talking about Eric Bieniemy. I'm more talking about the game right now. You can't just go like this. Well, here, I'm going to give him a pass and not him a pass. I want that this comes down to, like I said, the best guy available. The best guy. You can't just do this. Let me erase that there because, you know, I hate even good. You know know what the disgusting conversation about, and this is what they were discussing at the coaches' symposium that they had, the summit that they had last weekend. I'm like, well, you, you can't just dismiss this. And when another coach has an issue, maybe there was drinking involved. Maybe there was something else involved in his past. And you hold that coach's feet to the fire. But all the things that were in Biennemi's background, Google it. This is not something I'm making up here. Google it. I did. It's on the internet for everyone to see. Numerous confrontations with law enforcement. Numerous conversations and confrontations with campus police. And you wonder why some owners were going, I don't know. You know, I think today he'd end up getting over on it because most people aren't going to call that. And, I mean, and, and how many people in the media were out there saying, well, it's got to be racially charged that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job. No, I think it's got to do with his character. And at that position as an NFL head coach, I think you have to have character. I don't think there could be anything in the background where you could bring up where this guy has been at a police station with handcuffs. Can you name me a coach in the NFL that's had handcuffs on? I mean, wouldn't you be asked that? Or, hey, nowadays, if you probably ask that question, you'll probably be considered a racist if you're the journalist that asked that question. I mean, he did, he has been arrested. Oh, yeah, but that's not, you know, he gets the pass. I don't think so. And that's why he's been passed over on five different jobs. I think it's got a lot to do with the owners looking at that background going, and get this, probably hiring private investigators because you're not going to believe everything that's on the internet, right? So you're going to hire private investigators and you're going to go like this, okay? Well, what did your report so? Well, this is what we had. 
There's a reason why he – you don't just pass on a guy who's been to two straight Super Bowls and having won one of them, and you're getting the endorsement of Andy Reid. How many coordinators have you ever seen passed over like that? I have never, never have I seen that. So when I was asked that question, I said, it's got to be something to do with his background because there's a lot of suspect things that you could have a conversation over. And I'm just wondering what the NFL security thought of it because that's what they do. When they look at a potential candidate, they hire a investigator and they do background on you and they come back and give you a report. And then they pick from those three guys that they're going to hire as their head coach. And it probably didn't come back in a favorable light for Eric B Do I think he gets a job? I do. I think the, the public pressure to get him a job will be there, but get this, the public pressure to get him a job. That's not how you want to get that job. Okay. It's not. All right. Let's move on here. I, I told you at the top of the hour, this is something that I've been looking forward to doing here. You know, I, I, I was asked a question. I think Jason Cole and I were hitting this up last week. You know, it's funny. The one metric that everybody seemingly refuses to believe when you throw something out on a particular player, the one thing, who would be the one person that you would want to quarterback your football team for 60 minutes? One guy. Not 44, not 33 years of age, not the fact that he's been in. The one guy. Who's the one guy? It's Brady. There's nobody. Would you? How about this? I've got five guys here. Okay? Brady. There's nobody in the league. Would you would you do this? Funny, I was talking to Krause about this last week, too. Would there be anybody in the league you'd bet against if you had to win a Super Bowl? Anybody. Pick them. Hell, for that matter, in history, would there be one guy that you would pick over that dude? You know what? We were saying this, like when the PFF and the Chris Sims – quarterback power rankings come out, you're like, how come he's not number one? Isn't that the one guy that you would want to like quarterback your football team for 60 minutes? I mean, it's like the one metric we refuse to believe. But because you know what? And I was saying this last week. But because the guy's so old, can't keep doing it. It's like we refuse to believe what he's doing. Because it's... Let me say this to you. When Brady leaves the sport, 10 years from now, he'll be even more revered 10 times over on what his accomplishments are because we're still in this position today where we try to put other quarterbacks. Well, I would put this guy above him. And you're like, well, then you're a fool. If you had to go to Las Vegas right now with your family's life savings and you had a bet on one quarterback, all the money you own, all your assets, got to put in one chip like this one chip on the table who are you going to put it on you're going to put it on tb12 ain't you <laughs> that's the only metric you need yeah but he doesn't have an arm like this who cares who cares 
that guy there is the only guy in the league you would do that with. He's the only guy. All right. So let's take Brady off that list. He's number one. I'm going to work my way down because he's the most obvious. Who would be the second quarterback in the NFL if you had to win one ball game, 60 minutes? One guy. Would it be Mahomes? Here's why I pick Mahomes, too. I pick Mahomes, too, because he has shown me the most important asset that you have to have as a quarterback. You know what that is? No lead is safe. You can have a 21-point. You can have a 28-point lead. That guy can throw his team out of trouble and into a championship game. He has proven to me that he can do this. In such a short period of time, I would make this point to you. I have never seen a quarterback burst onto the scene athletically as talented and as gifted as Patrick Mahomes since Dan Marino came into the game. Dan Marino was not the athlete that Patrick Mahomes was, but I'll tell you, Dan Marino threw the ball and he threw plus 25 play uh, plays that you would not believe. Duper and Clayton, those two guys that he had as wideouts, never seen anything like it. You know, we saw it a little bit of another version of that with Kurt Warner with the greatest show on turf, but Marino did that when no one else was doing it, and he did it for Don Shula. And I, I, I never saw anybody throw the ball like Dan when Dan came in. And when I watched Patrick Mahomes throw the ball – and with that intangible he has, where you can throw your team out of trouble and into a win, Patrick Mahomes is my second quarterback that I would say this to you, behind Brady, okay? If I had to win one ball game, one 60-minute ball game with all the quarterbacks in the league, I'm picking Mahomes second. Now we start to get interesting, right? Because I've got only five here. Because after five, I really couldn't think of really a lot of other guys that I would want. I thought the rest of them were all were kind of like, you know, you know, they were all in one pot. Just depends, you know. At number three, he's never had a losing season. He's another one of these guys that you really didn't know what you had when you drafted him. You weren't sure. Because of his height, you weren't sure. Got to remember something. He had to transfer from NC State to Wisconsin because the then head coach told him, We're giving the job to Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon, you know, the NFL journeyman that goes around the NFL. I mean, know this about Mike Glennon Jesse James used a gun when he robbed banks. Mike Glennon just puts his hand out and goes, Thank you. I mean, honestly, when he gets his paycheck every Tuesday, Mike Glennon should have his head down because that guy's never earned a cent that he's ever had in the NFL as a star quarterback in the league. That dude, I mean, you'd think Brock Osweiler robbed people. And I'm talking to Houston Texans. This guy here, same thing. This guy's robbed a few owners in the NFL because he's, he's just a journey dude. And they told Russell Wilson at NC State, dude, 
yeah, this, we're going to give the job to someone else. And if you want to transfer, go ahead. He takes the team to a Rose Bowl. Pete Carroll drafts him. And he's never had a losing season in Seattle. For that matter, he's never had a MVP vote since he's been in Seattle. And he's taken his team to two Super Bowls, winning two NFC championships and winning one Super Bowl championship. I mean, Russell Wilson, and and, and he's a guy. Now know this. You want, you want to know probably better than Brady? If Russell Wilson had less talent on his team, Russell Wilson would probably be the guy that you maybe want to make it even closer to Tom Brady because Wilson, look at what he's done over the last five years with lesser offensive talent by getting those teams into positions to at least win the NFC West and to get to an NFC championship game, correct? So I got Wilson at three. I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. And by the way, like I said earlier, when it came to divisions, I think they're going to win the NFC West. I just, I, I mean, in that division, you bring Matthew Stafford in, okay? Okay, Kyler Murray, okay? Let's get Russell Wilson in that division too. And at quarterback, you have uh, Garoppolo. I don't know. I'll take Russell Wilson in a very competitive NFC West. You win the West, you got a chance to make it to the NFC Championship game too, by the way. At number four, th th this was a debate for me here. If you had to win one game, a 60-minute ball game, would Aaron Rodgers be your fourth guy? I, it, you know what's funny? After three, I started thinking, huh, Aaron Rodgers, would he be your fourth guy? I started thinking about the quarterbacks that were left in the game. And you know what? I came away doing this. I don't know what Josh Allen's going to do this year. I think the jury's still out on him yet. He's still on a rookie contract. Baker Mayfield's not going to be somebody I'm going to put in a conversation. Here, give me someone else. Breeze is out of the game. There's nobody in New Orleans now. Kirk Cousins? Okay. Tug of Viola? I mean, look, I'm going to go right what? Drew Locke? Right? Justin Herbert? He probably came the closest. I was like, man, I still... Let's see what he does this year, right? One year starting? I don't know. Look at what we did when we jumped through hoops, when we saw Carson Wentz, and we saw Jared Goff. I mean, there's another two. Those two guys? I don't know yet, right? The rest of these guys in the league are like this. So I think just by default, Rodgers is the reigning MVP. But watch this. I'm talking about personal accolades here. He's 20. Here's the team one. He's 26 and six over the last two. Look at me having to really think about if I would want Aaron Rodgers on my football team as a quarterback to win me a 60 minute ball game, would he be the guy? And I'm like this, look, yeah, I guess that makes me pause when I'm thinking about how I look at him because look, Brady, Mahomes, and Wilson, you'd want one of those three guys, would you not? If you had to win a 60-minute ball game, one of those three guys, there's a 95% chance you're winning that game. If One of those three guys. If Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, do you feel that he can win you a ball game? I, I, I do. I'm not. But it's like those three, and then you get down to Rodgers here. Like, watch this. I, I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers over Russell Wilson. 
I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't take Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady. To win a game, Brady did it. And for the record, Brady beat him twice last year. Beat him in the regular season, and then turned around to beat him in the uh, NFC Championship game. The, the facts lay it out that he beat him twice last year. So I'm going to put him there. But as I'm here now at four, I'm like, I got three guys I would that would take over this dude. And by the way, I think Rodgers is Hall of Fame talent. I think you're probably going to be pretty shocked who I have at five here. And I took him over Lamar Jackson. And that's Ben Roethlisberger. Ben's won Super Bowls. Ben's in an organization that knows how to utilize him and knows what his strengths and weaknesses are. Why do you think they went on and got Najee Harris from Alabama? They needed a red zone and a short yardage back. If Najee ends up rushing for 1,300 yards, that's just cherry on top of the cake. Okay? If that guy turns out to be Derrick Henry 2.0, Steelers got a gold mine. And have the Steelers always found gold mines in the NFL draft? That would be yes. Okay? But the reason that Kevin Colbert, who was on our program, brought Roethlisberger back was because Ben knows this. Ben has won. Ben knows how to win games. Like, here, would you take Josh Allen really over Ben Roethlisberger with Najee Harris in the backfield and a healthy Pittsburgh Steeler defense and offense? Boy, I don't know. I'm going to hang my hat on Ben. Here, I'll just go, would you take Baker Mayfield over Ben? Would you take her cousins over Ben? I'm not going to talk about any of the rookie quarterbacks that were just drafted. I don't know who I don't know if they're I don't know if they're ever going to be anybody yet. I'm not gonna, I don't know who Trevor Lawrence is yet. Go around the league. Derek Carr over Ben? No way. No way. There's a science to winning in the league. There's a science to understanding how to be a champion. So these five guys here I've got Brady, one, Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, and Roethlisberger. If, and, and get this, they're nothing. This is the Big Sills Power 5 quarterbacks. There's no other metric except for this metric. If you had to win in one game, one game, 60 minutes of football, who else would you take over these five guys? And don't tell me, well, this – well, Dak, you know, got he, he's such a great – no, no, no. Dak hasn't won Jack outside that one year. Hasn't won Jack yet. Wait, well, Josh Allen looks – exactly. Looks like he could be somebody. Is he anybody yet? No. Hey, I, get this. I saw Chad Pennington win an AFC East title once. I saw Matt Castle win a AFC – uh, division once when he was in Kansas City, so don't give me that. I, I've seen, I, I've seen Blake Bortles go to Pittsburgh and win a ball a ball game, and win a playoff game in Pittsburgh. Don't tell me that. I don't. I don't. I need to see consistent consistency here. 
with that. So here are my five again. Roethlisberger, Rodgers, Wilson, Mahomes, and Brady. All right. We come back out of the timeout. F-bombs being dropped by Tom Brady now. This is just in. I'll explain. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. By the way, tomorrow... We are efforting our friend Doug Williams. Doug Williams, the first African-American to win the Super Bowl's most valuable player at quarterback. And he will join us, and he's one of my dearest friends. 
And I, I, I put that distinction on that because anytime you're the first, there's always a great story. And Doug has shared this story with me numerous times. And I'll kind of give you a little brief history on how Doug got to that position where he would end up becoming a Super Bowl MVP and why it was important for me to say the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl MVP. He was a starting quarterback at Grambling. And you talk about, you know, we, we just got through talking about this is a great topic to bring up with Doug because he was at that coach's summit and they were Zoom conferencing and Doug was on that conversation about hiring minorities. And Doug's a perfect example of what went wrong with the system. And maybe I'm convincing myself here, maybe this is why it's important that we have the Rooney rule, in fact, uh, part of the National Football League. Doug was a Doug faced racism his entire time as a quarterback. And first and foremost, as a quarterback and then a coach, it's what's funny is that when Doug was um, in college, they had one set of rules and Doug was just on the cusp of breaking the all time uh, yardage number for a quarterback in college football. And they made the distinction that Grambling would be division one double A. And so his three years that he played at Grambling his last year, he wasn't able to break the record. And they didn't give him the record because they changed the distinction. And everyone always called it the Doug Williams rule, even though he was first team All-American. And he was just jobbed out of that record. Did it bug him? No. He would then go on to be drafted by the Buccaneers in the first round. And for the five years that he was in Tampa Bay, they went to the postseason. Doug led them to an NFC championship. They lost like 9-6 in like a torrential downpour. And I'll never forget, Doug told me the stories. Like his wife caught a horrific uh, disease and cancer. She dies. Hugh Culverhouse, the owner of the team, comes to him and gives him a contract that was less money. He said, I can't pay you more than Leroy Solomon. Even though Leroy was a defensive end, and Doug was a starting quarterback. The position dictated that you paid the quarterback more than you played an end, even as great as Leroy is. And everyone knows my love for Leroy Selman. He and I are, or were, when he was alive, the closest of friends. But he, he and I even said, pay the quarterback more. It's common sense. But Hugh Coverhouse was a racist. And so Doug had to leave. And he left. He says, I'm not signing that contract. So he went to the USFL, banged around, failed. Then Joe Gibbs gives him the gig. Hey, Doug, come in here, and we're going to bring you in here. And he was a backup quarterback to guys like Mark Rippon and Jay Schrader and Joe Theismann. Wasn't really the start, starting quarterback there in, in Washington. And Doug was still had a lot of game left. Hell of a football player, by the way. And so in the process, quarterbacks go down. I think it was Schrader goes down. And Joe Gibbs gave him the keys and said, it's your football team. It's not going to be taken away from you. This is your team. You go right ahead and let's see what happens. Well, he goes to the Super Bowl and he ends up getting hurt in like the first or second series. 
goes back in the game, and I think they throw for like 28 points in the first quarter, and they destroy the Denver Broncos. And Doug Williams becomes the Super Bowl most valuable player. And I asked him when he was walking off the field and he had been named the Super Bowl MVP, did you have any animosity towards the people in your past? And he just said to me, he goes, you know, Dan, and we'll bring this up tomorrow. He goes, you know, Dan, I, I thought about my family and I thought about all the things and how I got here. I thought, like, why have a hated moment? Why not make it a great moment? And it's a great lesson. Don't think about revenge or any of that stuff. Think about the people that helped you get where you were and the journey that made you get to where you were. And I'm like, surely you're walking off Jack Murphy field and you're like, man, you, no animosity. He's like, no, I couldn't have it in my heart like that. I couldn't turn a moment like that. And I go, did you know that this was a significant moment too, that you were the first African-American to become a Super Bowl MVP, a quarterback. He goes, I did. He goes, and I wear that badge with great honor. Doug ended up starting the um, HBCU Hall of Fame for some of the greatest black players in the history of that conference. We had Greg Coleman on a couple of weeks ago who was inducted this past weekend into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. And there's so many legendary football players that are in that thing. And Doug helped co-sponsor it and co-found it so that all those great players could be recognized that performed in the HBCU. Doug could never get a head coaching job in the NFL. He could never get a job in college football. He was up for the Kentucky job. I think he was up for the USF job, but just never was to be. So he was an executive for Washington, I think for the last 10 years under Bruce Allen. And I think he's just recently now parted ways with the Washington organization. So we're going to get our friend out tomorrow, Doug Williams, and we'll have a conversation with him. He's a really, really interesting fellow to listen to. And I've known Doug for about 20 some odd years. All right, real quick here. So Baker Mayfield's agent has come out and said that, you know, we know that the Cleveland Browns are going to begin talks on a contract extension for Baker Mayfield. The Browns came out today and said, we don't have any plans to sit down and have a conversation with Baker Mayfield and his agent. We have no plans. That's the right avenue. If you learn anything from the Carson Wentz stuff, and you learn anything from the Jared Goff, let this play out. Let this thing play out. He had eight really good ball games last year, I thought. Not exceptional, but really good ball games. I came away last year doing it because prior to going into last year, this is how I looked at Baker Mayfield. I would never want that guy. I think he's a high school cheerleader. I think he's immature. I, I, I don't see anything redeeming about the guy that I want as my face of my franchise. There's not one redeeming quality about that guy I like. Not one. Maybe the fact that he walked on. Maybe the fact that he transferred and he ended up winning. A, yeah, that's all me stuff, though. That really had nothing to do with team. You know, nothing to do with leading. And so... The last eight games of the year, I was doing this. Eh, you know, 
Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of Cleveland, had a conversation. Must have had a come to Jesus conversation with the guy where he went like this. Hey, man, this is how we're going to win ball games here. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to get the bulk of the offense. And we're going to run our offense through our old line. Our offensive line is the strongest part of our football team with our backs. You can come along for the ride. And in that process, you may just find your niche in how you can win ball games. How many times did we watch him last year when he was in a tough situation with his goalposts behind him where he would throw an interception, put his team down seven because he made some bonehead play? The Browns took that out of his hands. I mean, how many times did you watch ball games late where you didn't see Baker Mayfield throw the football at all? Because Mayfield just, he's not capable of doing one of those things that I said what those five guys can do or like Patrick Mahomes could do. He's not capable of throwing his team out of trouble yet. So his agent, what they're doing is they're kind of sparking it a little bit, but the Browns aren't biting on it. You're not going to start negotiating a contract in the media with a guy who the Browns aren't sold on yet. Browns like him. They want him. That doesn't mean he's the guy moving forward, though. All right. Want to thank Krause? Want to thank Cal? Hey, by the way, folks, do me a favor. If you missed any part of the show, go over to the Jacob Media channel. You can like, share. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, tomorrow we are trying to run down our friend Doug Williams, and hopefully we can get with our friend George Foreman. I want to talk a little Olympics with him, too, and we're getting closer to the summer games. I can't wait. I'm a big Olympic guy, too. So, like I told you before, boxers and rappers. Okay, <laughs> that's who kind of we have along with football people. So until tomorrow, four to six Eastern time, we shall see you on the flip side. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.